Today I'm starting a new series and it's on the life of Joseph. A few years ago I read a book by a guy called Robert Morris, who's a pastor in the US, and it was called From Dream to Destiny. And it was all about the life of Joseph and how that when Joseph was 17, he had these dreams, which was really God saying, look, I've got something exciting for you later on in your life. But it wasn't until he turned 30, 13 years later, that he became the Prime Minister of Egypt, the second most powerful man in the world. But over those 13 years, God put Joseph through different tests. Joseph had to learn different character ingredients and work through potential problems and difficulties in his life. And after he went through all those steps, he was mature and able to take on this role of Prime Minister of Egypt. And we all go through similar temptations and difficulties. And God wants to build godly character in each one of us. And so over the next few weeks before Easter, we're going to look at all of these tests. Well, we're not going to look at all of them. Uh, we'll probably look at about six or seven of them. But they all begin with P. And the one we're looking at today is the pride test. But there's also the purity test and the pit test. And you see some people who, when they have a difficulty in their life, they learn from it and they move onward. But other people go round and round the mountain because they never learn. And these are some of the main tests that we need to work through if we're really going to be used by the Lord in ministry. And so every believer in Christ has a God-given dream and calling. This may begin with an exciting thought or a passion that won't go away. Christ lives inside of us, but sometimes we can just lock him away through our fears and our wrong attitudes. Jesus said in, to his followers in John 15 verse 15, no longer do I call you servants, I call you friends. And so God is our father, he is our friend, and he wants to make known his dreams for our lives. Philippians 1 verse 6 tells us that he who began a good work in each of us wants to see that work go on to completion. So why is it that so many people who have dreams never see the fulfillment of those dreams? How do we make our dreams become a reality? Part of Mike's dream is being fulfilled today. And so Joseph had this dream, and, those, and that dream and his difficulties assessed his strengths and his weaknesses. And we do go through similar tests as God trains us and equips us. So today, as I said, we're going to look at the pride test. Now, if you think, well, I don't really need that test, maybe you need to listen extra carefully you know, our culture today doesn't see pride as being a problem. It sees high self-esteem as a valuable quality. It may view pride as a personality problem, maybe an out-of-balanced ego, or someone who's big-headed or loves themselves. 
But to be proud is to be consumed with our own importance, our position and prestige, a feeling of superiority to others. Let's read about Joseph from, uh, from Genesis chapter 37, verses 1 to 11. Jacob lived in the land where his father had stayed, the land of Canaan. This is the account of Jacob's family line. Joseph, a young man of 17, was tending the flocks with his brothers, the sons of Bilhar and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And he brought their father a bad report about them. So here's G Joseph, and he's out there looking after the sheep with his brothers and half-brothers. And he's telling tales about them. He's going home and he's telling dad they did this and they did that and they were really naughty boys. Verse 3, Now Jacob loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because he had been born to him in his old age and was also the son of his favorite wife. And he made a richly ornamented robe for him. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. Joseph had a dream, and when he told his brothers, they hated him all the more. He said to them, Listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. Imagine telling your older brothers who hated you a dream like that. And his brothers said to him, Do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all the more because of his dream. Then he had another dream. And he told his brothers that dream as well. Joseph hadn't learned from his brother's reaction to that first dream. Listen, he said, I had another dream. And this time the sun and moon and 11 stars were all bowing down to me. So he told it to his father and his brothers, and his father rebuked him and said to him, What is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall your mother and I and your brothers indeed come to bow down to the earth before you? And his brothers envied him. But his father kept the matter in mind. You know, pr proud people are often very blind to the way other people view them. They don't read the signs. They don't see the body language. And often they force themselves on other people. They can be offensive and they can stir up resentment. There's a story about a plane that was going to crash with a pastor, a boy scout and a pregnant woman and a scientist on board. But they only had three parachutes. So they agreed to give the pregnant woman a shoot, and she jumped out of the plane. Then the scientist said, I'm the smartest man in the world. My research is vital to humankind. I have to have a shoot. So he grabbed, a, he grabbed it and jumped out of the plane. Then the pastor handed the last shoot to the Boy Scout and said, you take this. You've got your whole life ahead of you. The boy responded, don't worry, 
we've got two parachutes. How's that? asked the pastor. The smartest man in the world just jumped out with my backpack. <laughs> so the moral to the story, pride comes before a fall. We can run our own lives. We can call our own shots. But doing this in spiritual matters is like jumping into eternity with a backpack instead of a parachute. We're wise to admit that we're weak, insignificant people dependent on our Lord for everything. Both of Joseph's dreams were from God, but his boasting about them wasn't. God's dream for our lives is often even bigger than our own dream for our lives. But as well as God's dreams, we also have our own selfish dreams and ambitions. In James 3.16 it says, For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are found. And our selfish dreams can prevent us from hearing and understanding what God's dream for us is really all about. In James 4 verse 6 it says, God opposes the proud, but shows favour to the humble. If you want the favour of God on your life, be humble. Psalm 10 verse 4, In his pride, the wicked man does not seek after God. In all his thoughts, there is no room for God. We have to lay down our own private personal dreams that are not from God. How many of you have dreamt from childhood that you're going to be a famous, small, uh, famous sports person? Well, if you're over 40, you're probably not going to get that eagerly awaited phone call from the All Blacks camp. God's dream will guide us towards our destiny. But if we boast about it, we may not get there. It's okay to share a testimony of what God is doing in our lives as long as we give him the glory. Faithful obedience to God gets us moving in the right direction. But we're, we never totally fail a test with God. We're able to keep resitting any test. If we muck up, if we come back to God in re repentance, he will forgive us. He will give us a second chance. And even if we've got areas that we're struggling with in our lives, we can keep working on those areas and God will give us grace and strength until we pass and move forward in that area. For some of us, to stop boasting means we need to stop talking. Because when we talk, we just can't stop ourselves. Some people think before they speak. Others think what while they speak. Some think after they speak. And some never think at all. Some of us talk way too much. And it's usually our spouses that are very aware of this. Do you ever get kicked under the table? Sometimes my legs end up black and blue. 
So why do we boast? It can be because of insecurity, but usually it's because there's pride in our heart. Matthew 12, verse 34. Whatever is in your heart determines what you say. We can tell what's in someone's heart by listening to what they say. If we've got a problem with our heart, we've probably also got a problem with our mouth. Pride always has to have an opinion. Pride often interrupts other people. Pride can go on and on and on so that others can't even get a word in. A few years ago, quite a few years ago, my wife Helen was in the Y1 team. And back in those days, um, Youth for Christ had two teams that would tour New Zealand. There was Certain Sounds and there was YWAM, Y1. Y1. And when you were selected for the Y1 team, you had a, a terms training in Auckland before you toured around New Zealand. And so Helen was going to these training sessions and she had some very inspirational teachers. But before they went on tour, they got Bill Sabritsky to pray over the team. And um, I was teaching in Rotorua at the time and Helen would ring me most nights and tell me what was going on and all the books that the Y1 team were reading, I read because I didn't want to sort of fall behind. And I was fascinated about all this Holy Spirit stuff that everyone was finding out about back then. And Helen said that when Bill Sabrisky prayed over her team, he identified that there was a spirit of such and such over the whole team. And they all needed deliverance from it. And I said to Helen, I don't think I've got that spirit. And she said, you've got a spirit of pride. And then I, later on that day, I was going for a jog and I'm thinking and meditating and praying. And I'm saying to myself, have I got a spirit of pride? And then a voice inside of me said, oh, and then I said, if there's a spirit of pride there, go in the name of Jesus. And a, and a voice inside of me said, don't pray if, tell it to go. And thankfully, I was running through a park at that time because when I said, spirit of pride, come out of me in the name of Jesus, I started dry reaching and I felt really nauseous. And it wasn't just a small thing at the back of my throat. It was a deep-seated thing right down in the pit of my stomach. And, and I battled that thing and I've, I still have to battle that thing. But there, are, there is a spirit of pride that can come over people that can affect the way they act and they behave. So God gave Joseph a dream of his brothers bowing down to him. But God's purpose here was not to get his brothers to bow down to him. His purpose was to store up grain during a seven-year famine so that millions of lives could be saved. By becoming the prime minister of Egypt, Joseph became the second most powerful man in the world. So why didn't God just give Joseph a dream of saving millions of people? Probably because when we're young and immature, we're not really motivated by that sort of thing. God's dream is for his glory. And in Isaiah 48, verse 11, he tells us that he will not share his glory with another. 
And so God influences us for his purpose, not for our own. His purpose is to bring us to maturity. Romans 8 verse 17, But if we share his glory, we must also share his suffering. And that usually involves a degree of self-sacrifice. So our dreams may set us on the path to maturity, toward the destiny that God has for us. A dream may also reveal our pride and bring it to the surface in our lives so that we can deal with it. Just like fire underneath a pot of gold brings the impurities to the surface so that they can be skimmed off, God refines us in a similar way. Every new challenge that we embrace Every new responsibility brings new insecurities. Every time we move to a new level, there will always be things that we have to deal with. We're going through this sanctification process and we won't be perfect until Christ comes and we are changed into his image. But sometimes we can feel overwhelmed. As we become more confident in Jesus... He helps us to deal with those insecurities in our heart. It's interesting when Satan tempted Jesus in the wilderness. He questioned if Jesus was the Son of God. Jesus didn't even bother to answer him because he was completely secure in his identity. He knew that he was the Son of God, but he never boasted about it. He always gave his Father the glory. And so we can come to a place where we can rest in being a child of God, where we don't have to feel we have to prove ourselves all the time. Jesus has promised that he will never leave us nor forsake us. He will always be with us. And so we can learn to cultivate a sense of God's presence in everything that we do. And that will motivate us to focus on pleasing him and doing his will throughout our life. Ephesians 2 verse 8, For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith. And this is not from yourself. It's a gift from God. We often try and change ourselves through striving, but when we fall in love with God and we want to please Him, He gives us the power to change our lives. Imagine an old city with a castle. One day, the prince looks out the window and sees a beautiful woman. But he's a prince, and she's a peasant girl. So he disguises himself as a very poor man. He leaves the castle and goes and lives in the village. He doesn't want this girl to love him just because he's the prince. For years, he works as a peasant, earning a very small income. But he wins the heart of this girl. He proposes to her, and then he takes her back to the castle and marries her. In due time, he becomes the king, and she's the new queen. She doesn't feel insecure, because she knows that she's the legitimate queen. She knows her husband really loves her, because of what he sacrificed to get her. She doesn't have a problem with pride because she never forgets where she came from. Understanding that we are a child of the king 
helps us to overcome our insecurities. But it's important that we never forget where we came from. Because Jesus picked every one of us up out of the gutter on that road to destruction. Realising that but for the grace of God we're nothing helps us to deal with our pride. God has a dream for each one of us and he also has a destiny. But we won't fulfil our destiny until we overcome our problems with pride. How are you doing in this area? Have you passed this test? Let's pray. Father God, draw us to yourself afresh this morning. Minister to our needs. Set us free to love and to serve you. Place your dream in each of our hearts. Thank you for the dream and the destiny you have for each one of us. Lord, we confess our pride to you this morning. We ask for your forgiveness. We submit our lives and our dreams afresh to you. In Jesus' name, amen.